Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row and our good friends at Byers Automotive. I am Jeremy Birmingham, your host. On the other line uh, with me is Spencer Holbrook. You will notice that there is no video tonight uh, in today's episode of Talking Stuff. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you're just getting to see our faces in a very stationary and awkward pose. So uh, thanks for taking the time to listen and or watch our awkward faces anyway. So uh, Spencer, it's Sunday. The Buckeyes added commitment number 10 in the class of 2021 on Saturday. Now that is Michael Hall, a defensive tackle from Streetsboro, Ohio. The Buckeyes and all of college football start a recruiting dead period uh, today, Sunday, the 2nd. And so it was important for Ohio State. What they did on Saturday was have some key players from Columbus, Cleveland, and the Pittsburgh areas in town for visits. And the first domino to fall from that group was Michael Hall. So um, 6'3", 290-pound defensive tackle. One Ohio State source told me that they think Hall is the best defensive tackle in the state of Ohio in the last 10 years. Uh, I have had private conversations with people fairly high up the Ohio State food chain. And the, the quote that I was told on Saturday is, I believe Michael Hall is going to be a great college football player. Not a good one, not a, not a you know, okay, not a, but a great college football player. Have you seen the tape? And if you have, what's been your take? What sticks out to me is he. this kid has a high motor. And it's kind of weird to see a defensive tackle in, in college, in high school, have a high motor because those guys are usually so dominant that they can tend to take plays off, but it just seems like he doesn't. He, he just works and works and works. And he's, he's so physical. You know, a lot of times, again, you see these high school guys, they know what they are as far as uh, from a talent standpoint. So they're not as physical in high school and then they have to, to become more physical in college. And, and this guy is, he's, he's so impressive. He's not your typical in-state guy for Ohio State because a lot of times Ohio State, you know, they'll make these guys a priority in-state, but this is not a typical in-state guy. This is a must-have for Ohio State, even if he was, you know, in-state, out-of-state, whatever he is, I think he's a must-have for the Buckeyes. And I think it's pretty telling that a guy named Adolphus Washington came out of Ohio and had a pretty nice Ohio State career and uh, and I think was drafted in the, for, in the first couple days of the NFL draft. And, you know, Michael Hall is getting... Uh, comparisons that he's the best defensive line prospect in the last 10 years. Well, there's been some good ones in Ohio in the last 10 years. That's some pretty high praise for a guy who hasn't even played as a senior yet. Yeah, I think what really is interesting about Hall, two things. One, one thing you said is that uh, he is he is not your typical in-state prospect, and I and I agree with you in the fact that he didn't have to do the, the junior into senior year camp thing to get an offer, which is big, okay? So Ohio State offered him based solely off of the early junior tape when they did that back at the end of October and once that happened you knew he was going to end up at Ohio State a lot of the other big schools that would have probably offered like Georgia had recently been in contact with him they didn't because they kind of saw where this one was heading the other thing with Hall when you're talking about him as a defensive tackle prospect what makes him really unique is that he's bottom heavy a lot of these kids especially the the 300 pound high school kids um, are very top heavy and they are not necessarily pushers, if, if you know what I mean. Michael Hall is a pusher in the middle of the uh, defensive line. He is six foot three, two hundred ninety pounds. He is he is very quick with his feet, excellent hands, 
he's a player that really uh, Ohio State fans should be excited about. And I know that you look at the ranking, and he's a four-star, which is obviously good, but he's the ninth-ranked player in Ohio. The country's 19th-ranked defensive tackle. Uh, that's going to change. That's going to change, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I think that he's the type of kid, if he, if he grew up – in Alabama or Georgia, he would be much higher than that. And I think it's just the the bias right now against football players from anywhere other than the South or, or California at this point. So uh, I think he's a little bit affected by that. Some of it's affected by the fact that he didn't do the camp circuit last year and blow up like that um, on the national combines and that kind of stuff. But if you watch the tape, if you see um, him in person, he's a very impressive young man. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to bringing more uh, about Michael Hall to Letterman Row readers and listeners and watchers this week. But uh, one thing that I, I to keep in mind, he, he's a, just a really uh, soft-spoken, um, mama's boy type kid, but he plays the game extremely physical and nasty. He's pretty interesting to me, though, too, Burn, because – you could eventually see him play in a Draymond Jones type role because he's so quick and so agile and he could be, and they could get him down to 275 or 280 or they could beef him up and put that, that uh, extra weight on that frame like he probably should have and he could play you know strictly inside and play that uh, Devon Hamilton style role. I think this kid's going to be one of the most versatile pickups in this class and I think he's going to throughout the cycle unless... 24-7 really picks it up with his rating is going to be one of the most underrated and underappreciated players that Ohio State picks up in this class. Yeah, when you're looking at the Ohio State 2021 class on the recruiting trail, that's the 10th commitment, 6th from Ohio, and we haven't even officially turned the page to 2021 until this coming Wednesday on signing day. So when you talk about six commitments from the state of Ohio, Ryan Day again made it a point when he took over at Ohio State to tell people he was going to recruit Ohio. Last year, what we saw when he was recruiting Ohio was taking a a flyer, I guess, on some lower-ranked offensive linemen earlier in the process than people would have normally expected Ohio State to do. Day and the Buckeyes did that because they knew they were going to eventually need the, the sheer numbers on the offensive line. And they knew that those are the type of kids that in the last handful of years, they'd just gone back to in November or uh, December. And by that point, it was too late to get them because those kids had already been committed elsewhere. So the idea was, why not just grab them early if we know we're going to come back to them late? That is not the case with this class of 2021. These are six blue chip players. Yeah. He is swinging for the fences with these kids, and they just happen to be in Ohio. He, the Ohio State, and I think one thing we need to make clear to the, to, the, to the viewers and listeners is Ohio State would be going after these guys if they were in any other state. This isn't just because they're in-state guys. If they're in the class this early, they're high priorities for Ohio State no matter where they're located, and it just happens they're in Ohio. And I think the nucleus of this class is together now, and I think you're going to see Ohio State take a very national approach and a very – uh, heavy hitting, home run hitting approach to this uh, this 2021 class because they don't have to worry about going down to Cincinnati anymore. They don't have to worry about going up to Streetsboro anymore trying to recruit Michael Hall. They don't have to go out to Pickerington once every two months to visit Jack Sawyer. They can go to Texas. They can go to California. They can go down to Florida. They can get who they want and where they want them now that the state of Ohio has kind of had a fence put around it. And it's so important for Ohio State to have this group of in-state commitments early because in the spring – Getting set up visits around the country for March and April is the top priority for the Buckeyes in this February coming up. Knowing that they can do that, knowing that they can set up those trips 
and tell these kids you can set up a trip for Tumiche Adeleye and say, hey, Tumiche, uh, Michael Hall and Jack Sawyer are going to be there to visit with you. Um, you can set up a trip for Tony Grimes and say, hey, Jaden Johnson and Jaden Ballard are going to be there to hang out with you that day. There is no better recruiter for a high school junior than another high school junior, somebody who is experiencing what they are experiencing, somebody who can walk them through a class or, or a, you know, a facility at Ohio State uh, and not have to have a coach there because that's when you really develop real relationships. Yeah, it's going to make uh, the coaches' jobs a lot easier to sell the program when you've got other commits already in the building because they're 90 minutes away or two hours away. Uh, it's a little different approach to recruiting than what Urban Meyer did. And I think Ohio State fans are just going to have to get used to it because this is what I think Ryan Day is going to do for the foreseeable future with these classes. You you start in-house and you start in-state and then you expand. Once you get these guys in-state locked in, you bring the national recruits in and show them, hey, this is what we have in our own backyard. We, we can compete in our own backyard just like the South can. Now come up here and we'll, we'll win national titles using in-state guys and the national approach. It's, it's really interesting balance that they're, that they're seeing right here. So Ohio State, with the addition of Michael Hall, as I said, the number nine ranked player in Ohio in the class of 2021, now has uh, expanded its lead over Clemson as the country's top-ranked 2021 class, which is pretty impressive considering the the big run Clemson just had a week ago. And it speaks to what should be, I think, a really exciting back and forth between the same group of schools that is always going to be Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, LSU. Uh, watch for those schools. Texas, I think, Oklahoma. You know, college football, the rich are getting richer. Yeah, and... Isn't it crazy? We just talked about Clemson in you know hyperbole on the last podcast and got completely decimated. Yeah, in our com- that's in okay. Our that's okay. Yeah, I'm still not sure why people got all up in arms about com- uh, com- us complimenting Clemson. Yeah, we complimented Clemson, but Ohio State's doing just about the same thing. If you look at what Clemson does on the recruiting trail, they're targeting their in-state guys and their in-area guys from the Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida area, and then they go out and get the next the guys after that and bring them in and and. It's kind of a similar approach that Davo and Ryan's, Ryan Day are taking. And I think they kind of – I can see them in each other right? almost. The way that the way they recruit and the way they win is kind of similar, right? But now they're going to go head-to-head in some really key recruiting battles, uh, including – I mean, you've been writing about a lot of them, but they're, they're about to go head-to-head, and they're taking, like I said, a similar approach. Yeah, they recruit a lot of the same kids. Uh, they obviously are winning a lot of games on, on both campuses. And the truth of the matter is that there's only so many ways to skin a cat. And at this point, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, these are the teams that are winning football games. And these are the teams that are winning on the recruiting trail. And those two things are uh, definitely linked. Yeah, <laughs> and when I said that Clemson doesn't have to go after these three-star guys, they still go after them, as we got reminded of, right? They just, like, if they didn't want to, they probably wouldn't couldn't, wouldn't have to because they get the four-star guys that they want. Ohio State seems to be doing the same thing right now. If Ohio State wants a guy in-state or in-area, it seems like they're getting them. There's, yeah. like, There's a lot a of revisionist time. history out there for Clemson fans because if you are expecting people to believe that they're still going out and recruiting um, – 
you know, Johnny two star and, and developing him. That's just not the case. That's just not true. Yeah, and maybe they were doing that five, six years ago when they started this run, but that's that's really not the case right now. They have nine commits in the class of twenty twenty one. None of them are three star players. They have I don't know what twenty three commits in twenty twenty. And let's see, how many three stars do they have in twenty twenty? Uh 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 Four, five, four, five, or six. Three, six, six of them out of twenty, out of twenty-three commits, which is you know right in line with what Ohio State has. Um, one of them is Brent Venable's son. I mean, so you know you can kind of take that with a grain of salt. Um, but the reality is, Clemson does a pretty darn good job of recruiting. Ohio State's doing the same, and. Ohio State is getting a little bit of a boost, I think, this February. As, again, I wrote about uh, on Letterman Row last week, we're now in a a month-long recruiting dead period, and that means Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, these schools in the Midwest that have really been impacted uh, in the last couple years by players from all over the country taking trips to southern schools throughout this part of the spring. Uh, I know those players couldn't get to Ohio for any number of reasons, whether it was weather or finances, they were, they were able to find a way to um, schools like Georgia and LSU and Clemson and all, you know, those schools in the South and whether people want to acknowledge it or not, it was a major detractor for Ohio state a year ago in this time of the year, when it comes to trying to build relationships, so much of recruiting is about relationships and getting a player on campus for an in-person visit this time of year is huge because this is when these kids are setting up their second trips. And, uh, I'm telling you, right now this this dead period i asked somebody at ohio state if they liked it and i was told that like isn't nearly a strong enough word the buckeyes love this new dead period and it really allows them to set up as i said to 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 work for this next month to build relationships to set up key visitors for march and april yeah and last year we saw during student appreciation day in march and and then the spring game it was a heavy visit. Those were heavy visit days, and they, they paid off for Ohio State. You saw guys commit who were at those days. If you go back and look at our coverage of, of the recruiting angle from that student appreciation day, a lot of the guys who were there ended up committing. Julian Fleming was there. Legend Cavazos was, was uh, decommitted at that time. He ended up recommitting. So, I mean, those days are going to be huge for Ohio State again in this 2021 cycle, and you're going to see a lot of guys show up on campus in March and April who couldn't make the trip in January. Now this dead period allows them to set that stuff up. Yeah, and again, I know it sounds like something that may it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Like, oh, well, these kids can go visit in March. Why? What does it matter? I'm telling you, what if you look back a year ago, look at the number of visits that players took to Georgia, to LSU, to Clemson, and players at Ohio State was recruiting, and not being able to get them on campus when it really mattered set the tone for the entire recruitment. I mean, if you look at Rakeem Jarrett, and I know that you know he he was an interesting case, and obviously ended up at Maryland uh, at the last moment anyway. But he took a visit to I think every single SEC school last February, and could not find a way to make the six-hour drive over to Columbus. Um, and and that was pretty telling but you have to wonder 
how much Ohio State uh, was hurt in those relationships because they didn't get an opportunity to see those kids on campus. So now everybody's on the same foot. It's not that Ohio State is going to have any greater opportunity or it's just everyone's on the same square footing now. You know what I mean? You, you uh, The dead period is during the snow period in Ohio, and now, now you don't have to worry about uh, weather canceling a trip because those trips can happen in March and April rather than trying to squeeze them in in February when the SEC schools were having those guys there. Yeah, it's a really big thing for Ohio State, and one of many things we'll talk about throughout February here on Letterman Row. Uh, this, Isn't it weird, Berm, how weather affects recruiting? Everything affects recruiting, and that's what I think people sometimes don't understand. It doesn't matter how great a program is, and Ohio State historically and recently is one of the top two or three programs in the history of college football, and it is impacted by a lot of different things that people may not understand. Uh, well, what, why would a kid go play? Uh, he has to, If he gets drafted by the Packers, well, then he's going to have to play in the cold, better get used to it. You don't have to choose that. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot easier to go play for the Packers when you're making millions of dollars. Like, <laughs> you, you have to yeah. want that. You have to want that. You have to be able to get something different at Ohio State than you're getting elsewhere, and that's where the development piece and the production of NFL talent comes in. And, um, you know, that's what Ohio State has to sell. And, and these kids have to – one thing I think is just a really amazing about recruiting is how different a recruitment goes if a kid has shown up on campus. Because once they get on campus and once they visit Columbus and they realize uh, it's not farm country, and I think that there, there's a wild misconception out around the country that all of Ohio is farm country or something. Like, I think people confuse Iowa and Ohio. Um and it's just not the case. And once kids get to campus, they're like, oh, wait a second. This is something totally different than I thought. And this time of year, if, if you have the choice to go to Ohio or to go to Tallahassee, Florida, where are you going to go? Yeah, I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. I was in, I was in Tallahassee in January. It was pretty warm. I came back on the flight. It was, it was cold. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's not great. So, anyway, this has been Talking Stuff brought to you by Byers Auto. I'm Jeremy Birmingham for Letterman Row. That has been Spencer Holbrook. Again, thanks for listening, uh, not watching because we didn't have any video for you this time. But um, you can imagine that, that I was really animated and uh, excited as usual. So, thanks for joining us, folks. We will talk to you in the near future. And uh, make sure you check us out on LettermanRow.com. Thanks so much.